0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is a prayer that you listen. Your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. At the door. Praise the name of the Lord. 1995, like 20 years ago, like already, you know, when, when I gave my life to Jesus. You know, I, I was totally, and by the grace of God, I still am totally sold out to Jesus, totally in love with Jesus. And, you know, and we just wanted to, to please God, and we still just want to please God. And, and I remember back then, I mean, um, Pastor Shaladewale that was there last, last week, you know, I remember, you know, a lot of things that happened, you know, when he was talking, how we um, went through stuff together as it were in following Jesus. And it, it's so amazing that back then it was just enough that Jesus said this or Jesus said that. That was enough. It was just enough that we were pleasing Jesus. That was enough. And like he said, as the pastor Shala said in his t- teaching um, last week, that the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your, of your thinking, of your mind. And since it was Jesus we really wanted to be like, it, it was more important than anything else, that we that we, we do what Jesus will do. In fact, we, we used to have t-shirts and bracelets that had WWJD, which is what would Jesus do? Because we just wanted to do what Jesus would would do. And one of the easiest way to do what someone will do is to know. How they think. And one of the easiest ways to know how someone thinks is to listen to what they say. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, have you not met people that they look so nice and beautiful and all that, but when they open their mouth to talk, they're like, ee-e-e. And, and, and following Jesus, I was totally and I am totally captivated by the words of Jesus. But in, in, in reading and, and, and studying and, 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 and listening to the words of Jesus, many times I come across things that shock me. I come across things that totally shock me. I come across things that I, I say to myself, did Jesus really say that? I mean, did, did Jesus really say that? What was he thinking? Does he really mean to say that? Was he, was he um, in error? So, today we are starting a new series. We, we started yesterday, actually, at Saturday evening Service. You know, we have three worship experiences now. Saturday at 6.30, Sunday at 8, and Sunday at 10. I thought you would be excited about that. Okay, you've gone past that excitement. But we shouldn't get past it. We should still be excited about it. And this weekend, we are are, are starting a new series. Um, What, brother, did Jesus really say that? And And like I said, I came across things that shocked me that Jesus said. For instance, Jesus said I did not come to bring peace. I'm like, are you not the prince of peace? Did Jesus really say that? Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead (laughs) he said follow me jesus said follow me this guy walked on water (laughs) and he said follow me (laughs) you know I, i mean did jesus really say that jesus jesus says he says eat my flesh and drink my blood if you don't drink my flesh and Drink my blood, you don't have life in you. My flesh is meat indeed, my blood is drink indeed. It shocked me that Jesus would say that. Jesus, you know, said, I am the only way. I grew up. My father he, he sat me down and said to me, That for me, the heaven is like a market, that there are many ways to the markets. Have you heard that before? And I got saved. Jesus said to me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father. Did Jesus really say that? And today, we are going to be starting with with this. I mean, this was one of the very first ones that rocked my world when Jesus said, do not resist an evil person. How can Jesus say, do not resist an evil person? When I read it, I was like, how can you say that? Do not resist an evil person. So today we are starting with part one of Did Jesus really say that with do not resist an evil person. And I the, the, the book came in Matthew 5.38. Matthew 5.38, one of God says in Matthew 5.38 that you have heard the law that says punishment must match injury. And I for an eye. A tooth for a tooth. But Jesus says, but I say to you, do not resist an evil person. Now, I understood when Jesus says, do not do evil. I mean, that makes sense. But Jesus says, don't resist an evil person. I said, that was not shocking enough. He went on to say in verse 39, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, run away. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, hold his shirt. (laughs) That's what some people have been doing. They will lock his shirt. (laughs) Is that what Jesus said? If someone slaps you on the right cheek, what should you do? Offer the other chick. Did Jesus really say that? (laughs) Offer the other chick. If you are sued for your... In court for your shirt, take off your coat too. So, as a church, when we're preparing for this kind of series, a lot goes into it. So we went into the the streets and and we, we, we kind of wanted to actually feel what do people really think? How would people really respond? Let's um, roll the video. Uh, one thing depends on my mood at that moment. If I'm in a terrible mood, in a pensive mood, of course, I'll react angrily. Uh-huh. But if I'm not, if I'm in a calm mood, let's say I'm just coming from the church or I'm just in this um, you know, this solemn mood, of course, I, I may react, but not as angry as I would have if I was not. So I think mood is the main determinant. Off. what will be my reaction instantly my reaction will always be calm. You know. mm. as a man of God I know that the person is already in trouble and I will not react because I know that obviously touch not my anointed and by the time I leave the person is also in trouble but when somebody slaps me I need not to react physically but I know that God Almighty is going to deal with that person thank you ah the Bible says if they slap you at the right, right I am um, cheek, you turn the left. What for me, honestly speaking, if anybody try that with me, I'm going to retaliate instantly. I'm going to retaliate instantly. Be- because if I don't, definitely, after the slap, won't no. And I may not be chance for any draw again. Thanks a lot. we take it to we 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 take into law. We have to. We have to to take it to law enforcement agency. Because you cannot just come from nowhere and just slap me. Yeah. If I ask the person and the person give me a, as in a stupid, stupid, as stupid answer, I'm going to slap him back. Oh, give me the foil. Okay. Me, I'll just slap him back instantly. As he slapped me, I'll slap him back. <laughs> Thank you. I'll just leave him because my mind. I think that no know what is. I'll just say let me just leave him now. Thank you. First of all, I will ask myself why you slapped me. If the reason why you slapped me, if I know why you slapped me, then I will, I will let you go. But if uh, I find out that you slapped me for nothing, I will hold you. In fact, I will make sure I give you to you. Um, uh, you know, ask him what I did to him that I deserve that kind of a slap. As a matter of fact, uh, unknown to me, he slapped me. I said, bro, what happened? What have I done? If he explained to me better, if he didn't explain, then I follow him up. What do you mean by follow-up? Um, maybe I could create another action for like, you know, giving him the slap back. That's what I mean to say. <laughs> Thank you very much. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. But Jesus said in verse 39. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, retaliate, slap him back instantly. <laughs> Call the law enforcement agents. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus said, offer the order. Cheek. If you are sued in court for your shirts, Jesus says, give your coats to. I mean, that means go naked. Jesus says, if a soldier demands that you carry his gear one mile, and back in the day, Caesar enacted it into law that a soldier by law, can make you carry his gear for one mile. Even though it was an unrighteous law that people kicked against, but it was the law. So if a soldier says, carry my back for one mile, even though it's the law, Jesus says, carry it for two miles. Now, now you, you, it's easy to laugh at these things if you really don't want to follow Jesus. But if you really want to follow Jesus, like I'm sure you do, This should make you very sober. Very, very sober. Because this is a call to go the extra mile. It's a call to go the extra mile. And in our relationships, we are going to have situations where people will slap us on one cheek. Sometimes physically, sometimes figuratively. Jesus wants us to turn the other cheek to go the extra mile. In our relationships, we will have people that will want our our shirts. Jesus wants us to give give them our coats. We have people that want us to carry their gear for a mile. Jesus says, carry two miles. So God is saying to you and I that we are the ones to go the extra mile. Everyone say extra mile? In our relationship, I know some of you are like, oh, I wish my wife was here to hear this word. I wish my husband was there. No, 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 God brought you here. Say to your neighbor, go to the extra mile. <laughs> in Romans chapter 12 verse 17, the one of God says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everybody can see that you are honorable. I know that people can be critical. I know that people can be vindictive. I know that people can be wicked. But God wants us to go to the extra mile. Typically, people can preach to be, they tend to be your enemies. I know that, but God wants you to go the extra mile. In fact, an enemy usually, listen to this, starts as a critic. An enemy usually starts as a critic. I've studied this for a a while, for years. In fact, I could say decades. Every most enemies start off as critics. But one thing, is say, Pastor, is that true? Yeah, even Jesus. Judas did not start off by selling Jesus. No, no. He started off by criticizing him, receiving the alabaster oil. They always start as critics, logical critics. Why can't we sell this and take care of the poor? Logical. But he ended up selling Jesus. Watch out for people that are just critical. They are enemies in disguise. Why? Because critics, just because they have something to say, you don't don't ever make the mistake of because somebody has something to say, doesn't mean that they know what they are saying. In fact, people are saying a lot of junk. They have a lot of junk to say. But they don't know what they are saying. Just ignore them. Some, some, some guy um, said, Gordon, he said, criticism is easy to do, but barely worth listening to. Mostly because it is so easy to do. Anybody can do it. It's a common task. Some people see themselves as chief critics of, of Africa. Critics really don't go far. check history. I can reel out in street for you beyond the scope of this. They really don't, don't go far. In fact, I heard um, Mike Mudok say one time, and he hit me like a thunderbolt. He said that critics are not important for your destiny. I used to think that you need critics. You know? No, no, no. He said critics are not important. He says, if critics were so important, then Lucifer would still be in heaven. What did God do with, with, with his number one critic? Kicked him out. All you need is a clear vision from God and the right people around you to make it happen. You don't need critics. And you see, I must I must just say this to wives. Let me just warn you well, one advice. You are not to be your husband's greatest critics. You see, it's it's, it's the simplest things for wives to do. To to enter that role of of chief critics of of Lagbaja family. You see his flaws and you criticize him. You think it's your role to criticize him. Listen, it is not your role to criticize him. So, pastor, what's my role? You mean you didn't know? It's to encourage him. Your role is not to criticize him, but to encourage him. That's why you clap. Only one person. It's not to criticize him. It's to encourage him. He already has enough criticism. That is one of the greatest source of should I say this? Of women losing their husbands. Because they are chief critics at home. Another person is chief encourager outside. Anyway, let me go. And the converse is also the case. We, as men, are not to criticize our wives. We are to encourage, encourage, not criticize. Some men are just, they just hack down. That's not what God has called you to do. That is the job of the enemy. Don't do the job of Satan for for him. The the lady is already struggling. Every woman, listen to this, struggle with self-esteem, every woman. So, if if you are are there to build her up, Don't hack her down. How do I read myself of criticism? I'll share with you. It's in the word. It's not not original. It's in the word. How do I read myself of criticism? Everybody is, 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 is liable to be tempted to wear on a critical spirit. It's easy. Because it's very easy to do. But I read myself. How? Matthew chapter 7 from verse 3 and 4. It says, and why worry about the speck in your friend's eyes when you have a log. Everybody say a log. A log in your own eyes. How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your eyes. So, pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is that if something about you bothers me, then it means that there's something that is wrong with me that I should be paying attention to before I begin to bother you. That's why I get get rid of a critical spirit. If I begin to feel critical about someone, I say to myself, something is wrong with you that you need to pay attention to. Deal with it before you... You know what happens? By the time you see what is wrong with you and you deal with it, by the time you get back to your friend, you'll be so compassionate. It's amazing. It's amazing. The reason you're so critical is that you're so blind. You can't even see. So today, we're going to look at the house. How do I go the extra mile, Pastor? And, and we look at the Why? Four wives and two house, and we are done. Why should I go the extra mile? Then how can I go the extra mile? With these enemies, quote unquote. It could be enemies at work. It could be my neighbors. It could be my family. It could be what a writer called an intimate enemy. An enemy that you sleep with and you wake up with. That's an intimate enemy. How? Why should I go the extra mile? And how can I go the extra mile? Why should I go the extra mile? Number one, Uh, you need to help me here. This guy is freezing. Okay. Number one is Jesus wants us. To be grateful. Why should I go the extra mile? Jesus wants us to be what? To be gracious. To be gracious. <laughs> to be gracious. Matthew 5.38 says, You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye. And a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on, one, on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. So Jesus is saying the law says punishment must be dispensed and must match injury. But grace says punishment has been dispensed and has covered the injury. That is the different. The law says you've done wrong, this is the punishment, it must be dispensed and it must be commensurate. But what does grace say? Grace says the punishment has been dispensed. The person that slapped you, the person's punishment has already been dispensed on the cross. Jesus already paid for it. And he just wants you to offer it to the person so that it can be covered. It has been paid for. He wants us to be grateful. I know a lot of you are going through a lot of things. You've you've been through a lot. People have trampled over you. People have done you bad. But God is saying to you this morning, let it go. Take a deep breath and let it go. Just let it go. Let it go. Why? Because God is going to bless you. God is going to take you to a large place. Why should I go the extra mile? Number one, Jesus wants me to be gracious. Number two, why I should go the extra mile? God is better than me in everything, including revenge. God is better than you in everything, including revenge. God is far better at revenging than you can ever imagine. Romans chapter 12, verse 19 says Romans 12:19 it says again my loved ones do not seek revenge instead allow god's wrath to make sure justice is served god is a god of justice god is saying somebody has trampled on your head don't seek revenge allow me to deal with it allow me Turn it over to him. For the scripture says, Revenge is mine. I will settle a few of this cause. All this cause. God says, I will settle all this cause. Don't worry. I will settle this cause. Don't seek revenge. There are people in your life that have done you wrong. And you say, I'm going to show this person. God says to you this morning, Let it go. Say to your neighbor, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. It will settle all the scores. But consider this bit of wisdom. If your enemy is hungry, give him something to eat. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Because if you treat them kindly, it will be like heaping hot coals on top of his head. So, I've made up my mind in, in, a, in a long time, I mean, well, early, early in my work with God, I will not allow something small, like offense, to prevent God from doing something great in my life. I will not. There are some people, they are not going anywhere. Their job is to cause you to stumble. That's their job. So, look at there. Hey, you have come. Everybody say, I will not allow something small to prevent God from doing something great in my life. So let it go. Let them go. Let them carry their wala and go. That's all you want to do. Fine, do it. Carry your wala and go. Why should I go the extra mile? Number one, because... Come on, talk to me. Number one... Number two. Good. Number three. So that we can be like our father. So that we can be like our father. Matthew 5.45. It says, In that way, you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. For he it gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. He it sends his rain to the just and the unjust. Imagine you have a child, and you have this neighbor that's a very critical neighbor. is always criticizing you. And you just have a child. And that child, you and your wife, you, uh, your husband, you are light in complexion. And that, your neighbor is so dark like charcoal. And that child came out very black like charcoal. Looks just like your neighbor. Then as the child grew up, the child begins to behave like your neighbor. The way that neighbor scratches his head, the same way that boy is scratching his head, and he's living under your roof. <laughs> Some people don't even want to imagine it. <laughs> but you see, that is what God is saying here. When you go the extra mile, you are behaving like your father. The joy of looking at your son that looks like you, that behaves like, not like your adversary, Many of us, we behave like the devil. We don't behave like our father. I have people that say to me, if that person goes to church, I don't want to go to church because that person is so wicked. and so mean. Is that your testimony? Can people look at you and say, you are so mean, you remind them of the devil. And you don't want to have anything to do with you because you don't remind them of God. God is saying, I want you To look like me. That is why you have to go the extra mile. I want you to look like me. Number four, why? It's because not only because I should look like my father, it's because love is stronger than hate. Love is is stronger than hate. Romans 12, 21 says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. God is saying, you conquer evil by doing good. If someone is evil, and the evil is that the person is Let's take vengeful. You're in a relationship with someone and the person is vengeful. How do you conquer that person? With love. By being forgiving. That's how you conquer. The person. If you're in a relationship with someone and somebody is prideful, the person is so proud. And some of you know that. Some people are just so proud. You conquer them by being what? Humble. By being Humble. You're married to somebody, the person is so stingy. The person can measure the air that you breathe in the house. Everybody. Two two cubic of oxygen. (laughs) How do you conquer such a person? The generosity. You overcome evil with with good, so we can overcome and neutralize our enemies with love. We can overcome and neutralize our enemies with love. Some years ago, um, I, I, I was, my mother and I, we had a car, so if there's only one car in your house, and both of you need to go out. Who takes the car? The wife. I hope that is what is happening. So, my wife takes the car, and I, I, take, I take Okada, I take the, the bus, whatever. So, I went for this meeting. You know, when you go to a meeting with Okada, kind of guy, you tell him to drop you like a few blocks from the... From the meeting place. <laughs> so uh, you dust your suit and uh, you, uh, you go for the meeting. Then you walk a few blocks away I uh, check and uh, you, you flag down. <laughs> Am I the only one that do these things? Oh, no, I mean, it's just common sense. Come on, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know some of you have never gone on a car. It's okay, it's okay, I understand. But some of us have. <clears throat> anyway, so... I flagged down some Okada guy. I was at Olinru. I was coming to the side, and, and the guy had stopped. I mean, and I saw someone that was really close to us, and she was in this SUV. da-da-da-da-da-da. So I was so happy. You know, it's like deliverance from, you know. So I told the Okada, I got off the of Okada, and I flagged that down to give me a ride. She was going in my direction and she slowed down and she wound down and she looked at me and she did like this <laughs> and she zoomed off I kid you not and I stood there crushed embarrassed and I had to go and beg the colour guy sorry, can you sit there?" me? <laughs> We do hurtful things to you deliberately. And I was in my office one day. Guess what? Not even long. Two weeks after, barely two weeks after, this same lady came with her husband with their only child at the time. The child was dying. They've gone to the hospitals. I mean, and they came to me and they gave the child to me. Say, pray for this child. Listen, everything is a test. God was checking my heart. Will you still pray? Do you know, you, you, can, you can pray with your lips and curse people from your heart. But it is only God that sees the heart and knows if you pray. So they gave me the child. I said, pray. This child, is. guess what I did? Because by the grace of God, I've learned all these things I'm teaching you. I've dealt with it already. So by then they came, it was only love that flowed to that child. And I prayed for that child. And that child, obviously, is still alive today. (laughs) Glory be to Jesus forever and ever and ever. My point is this. If God sees your heart and knows you will not retaliate, there's nothing God will not do through you. There are times I'll be lying down just in my room, unsolicited, and God will show me people in their homes what they are saying about me. I'm telling you. You know why he does that? Because he knows I won't retaliate. Some of them, I call them, I say, you said this, you said that, and their door dropped. How did you know? I'll say, don't worry. Some of them, I don't bother. I don't want your sweat. The point is this. God does not want you to retaliate. Some of us, you want to be anointed. But if God gives you the power that you are craving for, you will just say, you, fire! <laughs> you, roast! I mean, it will happen. But you see, God doesn't want you to destroy people. So God will make sure he takes you through a journey that you are controlled. Yes. That you are controlled. Why? Because once you have the power, you have the power. That's why Elijah can, Elijah can say to children, bear should come and eat them, and the bear will eat them. It will be accountable to it, but it will happen. Check in scripture every time a man of God is angry and spoke. Every time. What they say happens. Every time. Why? Because once you have the power, you have the power. So God will take you through a route so that you don't kill people you are supposed to be helping. But guess what? The people that sometimes they will put their hands in your nose. God we want to see will you buy it or not? Sometimes I've been tempted. Let me just bite, chill Lord. small bite. Then you will know that I can buy it. But I won't do that. So you may have a reason to be offended. I'm here to tell you you don't have a right to remain offended. You may have a reason to be offended. They must, have, they must have done something that is bad, something that is hurtful, something that is crazy, something that is... Da, 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 da. But you don't have a right to remain offended. Why? Jesus took that right away from the cross on the cross of Calvary. He took it away from you. You don't have a right to remain offended. Because we can't win people if we don't love them. No matter how powerful you are. You cannot win even your family if you don't love them. You can't even win your wife. You can't convince your wife to follow you. Some people, their wives don't follow them because you don't love them. They know you don't love them. They're not going to follow you. You can't win those you don't love. And since we are going to do everything apart from sinning to win people to Christ, we have to love people genuinely. So that is why. So how? How? Pastor, how can I go to your trauma? Two things, and we are done. Number one, you must be able to separate the evil person from the evil. Two different things. So, you have to learn how to resist evil without resenting the evil person. Hate the sin, love the sinner. You have to learn how to res- resist evil. God Jesus did not say do not resist evil. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said don't resist an evil person. Totally different things. We hate the sin. We resist the sin. But we love the sinner. We don't resent the sinner. So do not label everybody that disagrees with you as your enemy. Don't do it. People will disagree with you. Even your spouse will disagree with you. You can't even get your wife to agree with you on everything. Do you know that? My wife doesn't agree with me on everything. And it doesn't bother me. Why should it bother you? She's a human being. She has her own personality, her own brain. The day you discover that you are free. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Why? Because you don't need to see eye to eye on every issue to work hand in hand on critical issues. So what are you saying, Pastor? What I'm saying is simple. Don't demand that even your wife agrees with you on everything. Don't expect it. So are you saying we should be disagreeing? No, I'm saying on you should have critical things. You should have the crucial. You know, we learned in the journey. On in the Essentials, we are what? We have what? Unity. So there are seven things my wife and I will never disagree on. We must have unity. In fact, we don't have unity, we, sh- we shouldn't be married in the first place. In the non-essentials, we have liberty. Liberty. In non-essentials, what, if she's a football fan, for instance, what club she supports, it's not my business. Some husbands, because they are, let's say... Um, Chelsea fans, and their wife supports us now, you are a rebel. I have no, You are my enemy. I know you are my enemy. No, 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 she's not. She's just like something else. Praise the name of the Lord. So, is number one, how. Number two, how is... I must not only be able to separate evil from the person... I must love God first. I must love God first. So, so, yes, we can neutralize and overcome the enemy with love. However, we have to dig deeper because we cannot defeat the enemy by loving them unless we first love God and trust that God will explicitly, in every situation, Bring out the best. So you have have a difficult spouse. You have to love God and trust God. Because if you don't love God, you will not survive it. You have to love God first and trust that God will bring out the best in the situation. So the question is, which enemy do you need to overcome with love? Is it an enemy at work? Is it a neighborhood enemy? Is it an intimate enemy? They sleep on the same bed? Is it a family enemy? God wants you to understand why and to know how. Let's bow down our heads. I want you to talk to God about what you have heard this morning. It's so, 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 so crucial that we do. Two calls right away. Some of us, we need to let people go in our hearts. There are people that are heavy on our hearts. We need to let them go. Just just talk to God. God has brought you here today. Talk to him. Let it go. And yet, there are people here. You can't let it go without first receiving the love of God. You need to find God. You need to come in fellowship with God. You are saying, Pastor, I need to be in fellowship with God. I'm far from God. Oh, I used to be close to God, but now I have gone so far away from God. Pastor, Pastor, can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Wherever you are seated, I want to pray with you. You don't need to come forward. I just need to know you are there. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. I want to reconnect with God. I want to start a relationship with God afresh. I want to give my life to Jesus. Put up your hand wherever you are, boldly. Put it up over your head, and I'll pray with you wherever you are seated. If I put up your hand, put up your hand well. Well, God bless you. Put it up over your head, over your head, over your head. God bless you. God bless you, over there, over there, over there, over there. God bless you, over there. I can see that hand at the back. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, right there over that corner. God bless you. God bless you. Keep the hands up at the back, at the back, over there, at the front, over here. God bless you. That is me. God bless you, my sister. Right there. I want to start a relationship with Jesus. That is me. Not on your head, over your head. Lift it up. If you have the card, you can put down the hand and you can cry to God. That is me. Who else? Put up that hand boldly and I will pray together. God bless you. That is me, that is me, that is me, that is me. Lord, have mercy upon me. The rest of us, if you are struggling with releasing someone, why don't you just say to the Lord, help me, Lord. I release this person. I will refuse to allow this small thing to prevent you from doing the great things in my life. Oh, I refuse it, Lord. I release this person. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father in heaven, we pray for everyone. That has come to you, Lord, today. We ask that you have mercy upon us, upon everybody. We ask that you cleanse those that are starting a relationship with you afresh. Lord, help them to stand and let your name be glorified. Everybody here struggling with every form of offense, Lord, the grace release given to release, give unto us. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying.